Everybody, welcome to another edition of Well, This Isn't Normal, a podcast about stuff not being normal, whatever normal means. I'm Sarah Benincasa. I hope you're doing okay. In fact, I hope you're doing great. But, you know, you're with us, you're listening. That's a good thing. If you had a hard day, I hope this makes you feel better or at least distracts you for a while. My guest today is Alex Berg, who is the host of the BuzzFeed News morning show, which is called AM to DM. I was a guest on it several weeks ago, and I interviewed Alex about a month ago about life in Quarona. Um, it was before I coined that special term. But uh, it was great talking to her. She's a really cool person. So just keep in mind that this was recorded like several weeks ago, earlier on in pandemic times than uh, than we're at right now. She's really cool. And I hope you enjoy. Hey, everybody. And in our Well, This Isn't Normal listening audience, uh, I'm so excited to welcome somebody whose show I got to be on, which was really exciting. It is AM to DM host. Uh, I just almost fucked up your name and said Alex Perg, which would be like <laughs> that nonprofit. Uh, what is that? Do you remember this? Like this, uh, what are they called? It's, it's, um, it's like a door-to-door nonprofit that a lot of like young idealistic hippies will work for and it involves the environment. I'm not re-recording. I don't know if I know that one. I always get Alec Berg, which is the Seinfeld joke. Oh, and, and also the writer. The writer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, well, guess what? I'm not re-recording or redoing this intro because the people <laughs> the people need to know that I'm not just the flawless anchor person they're used to hearing. They need to see. <laughs> Behind this perfect facade, they need to hear that sometimes even me, Edward Armoreau, can make mistakes. <laughs> it's Alex, Alex Berg of BuzzFeed News. Hello. Hello. I'm so happy to be talking to you. I'm so happy to be talking to you. Now, I did AM to DM, which was so much fun. And um, you've, you've, I mean, you've, how long have you been doing that? It's a daily show or Monday through Friday, right? Yes, it's Monday through Friday. So I joined uh, last June. um, Mm -hmm. And at that point, our format was one hour daily. Um, The show has since evolved. And now basically, we release rolling interviews throughout the day on our Twitter account. Um, But really, like it covers just about everything from breaking stories, daily news to doing kind of more in depth interviews uh, with folks, you know, could be politicians or in kind of the culture realm. And what's your background as 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 a writer, as a presenter? I don't know, an improv comedian, like a, 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 <laughs> a scrivener, a, a scrimshaw expert. Like, what's your where did where does where does this magic come from? Yeah, so I feel like you know, honestly, improv comedy probably would have been really useful in this line of work. You're really so good for, though at rolling with it, which is why I was like, maybe she studied improv or journalism. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the thing that I've 
the biggest thing I've learned is I talk to so many different personalities and sometimes you just have to accept whatever is going to come your way because, you know, you'll have some guests who come in who have just boundless energy and want to kind of co-opt the conversation. And I think as, as long as they know you're like down to go along with it, they will chill out and be cool with you. Um, but basically for the past decade, I've been a journalist covering national news, LGBTQ issues and stories about women's lives. So a lot of reproductive health kinds of stories um, and LGBTQ culture stories. And basically, I was at HuffPost um, as a producer at HuffPost Live and started doing some honor segments there because I was so out and proud of being an LGBTQ out queer bisexual femme. Um, and then it kind of just took off from there. And over the past couple of years, I've really been doing a mix of producing and writing and hosting. And I truly love uh, the hosting work and just getting to have conversations with people on camera. So that's kind of where my heart really lies. And then last year, I had actually previously been a producer for AM to DM, oh, okay. left for a minute to go be a correspondent at the now defunct website, Mike, um, and then was freelancing for a minute and then came back to be in front of the camera. So one of the coolest things is I have probably had almost every job that you could have at AM to DM. I've been in the control room. Um, I've been scripting stuff. I've been editing scripts and then now in front of the camera. That's really cool. So you know the show really well. You know the process yeah. really well. And I think that having... I was talking about my friend the other day who works in sound. And um, she's also an indie director and now uh, was supposed to start shooting her second feature, her first one for like a streaming network. Uh, but obviously it's been put off. But um, I was saying to somebody that I think the reason that, that this friend of mine is has such a lovely time... You know, when she is directing beyond her own ability to do that is that she is working with crew members who she knows, who she's worked alongside sometimes, not always, but like she knows she knows what it's like to be outside at 3 a.m. when it's snowing in New York and to have to hold up a boom mic. You know, she knows what it's like when people extend the day and then they ask for grace and then they keep going and she knows what it's like to have to obey union rules she knows what it's like to yeah she she and that's very special to be able to bring that kind of holistic mindset to the quote unquote glamour job even though like being a director i think is not actually glamorous at all <laughs> i think it's just really <laughs> hard and lame uh, i wouldn't want to do it but i totally respect people who do want to be a director um what have uh, you know what have, have your days, how have your days been structured lately since you're not in the studio in New York? You're at home, presumably in New York or New York yeah. adjacent. Yeah, I'm in uh, Brooklyn and kind of when everything was really picking up with the global pandemic, um, we all started working from home. And so our we have an amazing broadcast engineer who got me a ring light set up and a small little webcam and sent me on my way. Um, it's one of those lights that all of these like YouTube makeup influencers. I just bought one. I just bought one. Okay. Yeah. They're kind of amazing. <laughs> They're yeah. great. You look amazing um, on them. You look great on it. I saw it. I was like, this is really well lit. Oh, thank you. And you do your own hair and makeup and you do a great job. I do. Thank you so much. Um, years of working on that have gotten me to this point. But I have to say my schedule is pretty fixed, which has been such a relief in some ways. I'm someone who really needs structure and boundaries throughout my day. So um, right now for AM to DM, I'm, uh, I've been hosting it pretty much. I do part-time days and then will be filling out my other uh, time with some freelance work. And um, so I'm usually 
I sign on around 9 a.m. and I start looking at scripts, kind of reviewing our guests for the day. Um, usually around 10 a.m. we have a production meeting where everybody joins on Zoom and we chat about everything they have to do. Um, and then we start doing rolling interviews. So we've had pretty much around three guests a day. Um, and it has been so wonderful getting to just talk to people from so many different backgrounds and interests and just places and from actors to journalists to politicians. Um, I talked to Stacey Abrams yesterday, ah, which was, so cool. yeah, which was just such a cool conversation. Um, and, and so, you know, we do these like 10 minute long interviews with people. Um, and then usually after that, I'm prepping for the next day um, or starting to, you know, look at other things that I might want to write or work on. Um, so it's just been really nice because it's like a very fixed set amount of time um, to be doing that. And then the other thing too, is like when you're having conversations with people, you have to be present in the moment. Yeah. And one of the biggest challenges for me right now is I've had a hard time just focusing on anything other than the pandemic and having to be present for 10 minutes with someone and really having to use all of your best active listening skills is just a really nice respite. And there's also something something that's been really surprising to me is how vulnerable a lot of the guests that I've been talking to have been. Usually when people come in studio, they have their glam squad. They have like eight different PR people with them who are there like with a laser focus to make sure that they stay on message for whatever their project is. And there's a newfound sense of vulnerability where I feel like everyone wants to have this catharsis about what's going on and how they're doing. And people are actually peeling back some of the layers of the onion and really talking about how they feel. You know, this kind of veneer, I think, of celebrity has been pulled away a little bit just because of the circumstance. You also see, I've noticed people who really need a lot of attention. Um, they need faith, attention to their face, I guess, is what I mean, specifically. People who need people to be looking at them. And I don't mm. even need, now we live in a, a world where I think all of us who are online have the opportunity to perform online. Uh, and that doesn't mean you have to be a performer by nature, but um, I always say, like, you know, every time your cousin uh, takes a few photos of herself and her kids, um, and picks the one where she looks the prettiest and the children are all smiling and puts it up. That's a performance. That's performing mm -hmm. something because that's not documentary photography. That's not somebody jumping out of the bushes and taking a photo or somebody uh, documenting the experience of a protest. Like that's a That was very much it's styled. It's set. So we all perform in that way. When we take a few different selfies, you know, and I come from a stand-up comedy background. I act sometimes, so I'm used to performing. And I certainly do that for specific reasons. When I do brand influencer deals, which help, mm -hmm. help me buy shit for my cat uh, and keep the lights on and <laughs> such. Um, uh, you know, I, I do that when I do a thirst trap, when I'm just like, I bet people are going to think this is hot. I look great. I'm going to take a picture. Yes, get it. My boobs look great. My brows look great. You have great brows, Alex Berg. We both, Thank you We're so like both much. killing it, but you're doing a very retro um, screen star brow, which I really respect. What are we using, oh, BTW? Yeah, I, I was going to make a point, but I don't care. I want to know about the brows right now. Okay, this one is, I can actually take it out. It's like right next to me. This is my little workstation, which also is where I have all of my makeup products. This is a benefit, some kind of benefit little brow benefit. wand situation. So it has served me quite well. I love benefit cosmetics. I'm a big fan. 
And as somebody who has occasionally, I've never booked an audition. Like uh, I just sometimes get to act because people are like, do you want to come in and hang out? I'm like, yes. And that's my acting career. (laughs) I never like thought I was going to do, you know, on camera stuff or anything when I was younger. I just wanted to be a writer. But um, so uh, sometimes, you know, you got to drop in and go like, oh, oh, I I have to do an on camera audition. That happens in an hour. Okay. And uh, I will hit up a benefit, a NARS uh, I will hit up a body shop if there's one around. Mm. Like, it's it's mm-hmm. a pure delight. I had a point. Okay. So one thing that I've noticed <laughs> is that people who are used to being on camera as performers, you know, actors, etc., some of them, or on stage, stand-up comedians, some of them are just constantly going on Instagram Live all the time. And I'm like, wow. You, that's so interesting to me because I understand, like, I'll do an Instagram live one of these days and chat and it's nice. But I think people who are accustomed to, like, doing that all the time, it must feel weird or particularly scary. I think that, especially when you're used to live performance, um, I wonder if for some people it feels like they're going to disappear if, if other people aren't looking at them. And I don't, I, I, I certainly have my aspects of, of narcissism and vanity and all those things. So I'm not trying to make it about that or like be condescending and dunk on them. Obviously, I love being on camera. It's fun, but it's not my profession. And for people for mm-hmm. whom it seems like it's their profession or they really want it to be their profession, they're like laser focused on being a series regular or being a movie star, whatever. Um, and if you hear stuff in the background, it's definitely my cat, uh, scratching things and it's great polly you're killing it executive producer polly doesn't give a fuck about sound um, but i wonder like what do you think about that what what do you think is the impulse behind somebody who gets to be on on camera and on stage a lot in their professional life um being on instagram live or facebook live which i guess exists or uh, whatever like all the time now I feel like on the one hand, it is that drive to feed off of an audience and have that like constant input from people and that instant gratification of feedback immediately is something that I would imagine. Um, I also think there is like, you know, I'm on camera. I'm not like saying this to condescend to anyone. I think there is some narcissistic element of it as well, where it just feels good. And the other thing too, I think we've become so programmed to get like endorphin hits off of the instant feedback from our phones. It I know feels that amazing. That's how I feel. Yes, exactly. Yes. So I feel like it's that in a heightened way. Um, and then I just think there is like this just desire to connect. And if that is like the thing that you do that makes you happy in this world, like why not take it to a different format to do it. I have to say, when I open Instagram, I get a just wild number of these like live notifications. And I see so many people joking about it on Twitter that it's like too many live notifications for them. Because if I'm like, if I'm looking at my Instagram, and I know so many of you listening are going to relate to this, right? We're on our particular home screen, just scrolling, scrolling. And then we're like, oh, you know what? I uh, I see I have some messages. Let me hit the top right hand corner. But oh, fuck, somebody just went Instagram live and it sent that (laughs) drop down thing. And so... It's just like, and I, I'm sure that Instagram has it designed that way so that they can artificially inflate numbers for people who are like, wow, I got this many people who, look, they don't look at the drop off. They're just like, this many people looked at this? Cool. Yeah. I'm sure it's a, I'm sure it's engineered that way for a reason because the, the people who design 
these apps are not stupid. In fact, they're fucking brilliant. And if they design an, an app that's as, and update an app that's as inherently addictive and designed to be so as a social media app, there's a reason that's happening. They did mm-hmm. not notice that we're accidentally dipping into all these things. So uh, Instagram, I see, owned by Facebook, I see you, I see the strategy. I find mm-hmm. it annoying because I always have this, there's always a moment where I almost feel like I accidentally picked up a FaceTime call that was unsolicited. When I get an unsolicited FaceTime <laughs> call, like you know, a friend, a family member, inevitably I'm like pissing or I'm just like mad or I'm naked eating a hamburger, like something. I'm like, I need a text message. You got to text me to say we're going to FaceTime. Yeah, let's make because an appointment. Not, I don't think I can take, yes, exactly. Yeah, I don't think that I can take the just instantaneous FaceTime. I need to like, prep myself for it. I don't want to be in a compromised position, you know, doing something around my apartment that I would like to be doing in privacy. So yeah. And also I think that sometimes people see on TV or in films, friends who just FaceTime each other. And I'm like, yeah, they're doing that because the writer needs them to do that so they can show it so that they can show, (laughs) not tell. Like that's, that's just a move. That's like when uh, cell phones came about, people had to figure out, I I wrote a book called DC trip, a, a novel called DC trip. And I had to figure out structurally something I wouldn't have had to figure out if I was writing in the 80s, which is, okay, how do I get these girls and their teachers to not have cell phones right now? How do I make that happen? Like, that people who are, like, when you see Broad City, when Abby and Alana just, like, FaceTime each other because they're taking a shit or whatever, most people aren't like that. (laughs) This is not, like, typically the etiquette, but it's a way so that, you know, Alana Glazer and Abby Jacobson can, it could have interacted on screen because it is a constructed narrative false reality, and God, I love that show. But, like, in other words, do not FaceTime me or Alex Burke without asking first. Please don't. Although I have to say, I have one something that's really been such a respite is even though I use Zoom all day long for work, now I've been really scheduling Zoom hangouts yes, with that's wonderful. friends. And I love it. I'm trying to actually, I mean, speaking of FaceTime, I'm trying to like be really intentional about FaceTiming one different person every single day just to check in, have a conversation. And there's something that feels really good about just putting it on my Google calendar and feeling like I'm creating a plan as I would, you know, when we're not social distancing or, you know, quarantining. That is something that has carried me through like so unexpectedly. But now I really find myself trying to schedule in these like really intentional get togethers or I found this, um, there's this thing called like Jackbox games. I, apparently a lot of people knew about this before. I, I'd never used it before, but it helps you. You can play games essentially over your phone and you broadcast them through Zoom. And I'm like, all of a sudden, the number one biggest fan of game nights. I've like never gone to a game night in my life. And now all I want to do is like play games with people over Zoom. So I have to say that now I actually like am using all of these things more than I ever use them before and being able to like schedule these ha- these virtual hangouts is just so it's such a relief to me yeah it's it's connection it's love it's community it's so important this makes this time makes us I, it is just it's it's so wild i haven't this i mean listen this is i don't know how many episodes in this will be when this goes up but uh as of as of today i've been recording these interviews for i would say 
20, 20 days, 22 days, maybe it's what is it? April 3rd, maybe it's a Friday. Something I think. like that. Something. Yeah. I've, I've, I've lost a sense of time. Yeah. So. I was like, I don't know. I've been recording them for longer, of course, than, than the podcast. The podcast launched March 16th, but, um, it's just like, uh, it's not normal yet. When I was thinking about what to call it, I was like, okay, well, this isn't normal. You can say that in a lot of different ways, right? I told Akilah Hughes that it's very much inspired by the title of What a Day from Crooked Media. <laughs> so if you could say, what a day, or you could say, what a day, or you could say, what a day. Well, well, this isn't normal. Well, this isn't normal. Like you could say it in different ways. <laughs> so it felt applicable. And, and if the podcast yeah. has a life beyond quarantine, it'll still be applicable because what is normal? But I did think, well, what if it starts to feel normal? And it has it hasn't yet. It may. I think perhaps it will because we as humans have to adapt in order. We have yeah. to make we have to make the abnormal normal in order to survive. And sometimes unfortunately, that is um more fortunately, it's how our bodies survive and our minds survive and our spirits survive trauma, right? Especially childhood yeah, trauma. Yeah. We have to normalize it um in order to deal with it. And then sometimes later, many years down the road. Uh, once we are prepared, our bodies and our minds allow us to remember what happened. And so this, I, I'm not conflating it with a, a, a childhood trauma, although some children may be experiencing it as a trauma yeah. right now. But it is a major disruption. It is a major. And, and so to deal with it, we have to, we're using these virtual tools to do things that feel, quote unquote, normal. Even though dance parties at any hour of the day don't feel normal to me, but like to some <laughs> people they do, which is very cool. I would like that to feel normal in yeah. my life. Yeah, I pop into yeah. Questlove's um, live live streams on Instagram or his Instagram live streams, and I'm, I'm in bed and I'm just listening to him tell stories and playing dance music, and it's great. Um, I love it. What are some things that? Um, well, well, first of all, where are some places where people can learn more about you and about your work? So you can go, uh, just follow me on Twitter. It's Alex Berg. If you want to see any of the conversations that um, I've been having now or, you know, back when we were in the studio, um, you can go to AM2DM, the number two. Um, and basically, like, I've been so lucky to talk to a lot of really awesome people this week. Um, I mentioned Stacey Abrams. Also, this week, I talked to Samantha B ah. and Zach Braff and Donald Faison and Ooh. Taraji P. Henson. What? And so, I know, right? Life I'm, like, during the lead here. That's really cool. So, and And actually, like, they were all really vulnerable and, and just having these really human grounded conversations about everything. So um, you can go check out those conversations on Antidium on Twitter. Great. And um, what, what are a couple of places you've mentioned um, games and things like that, but what are like one or two things you would suggest people try um, whether they have to call in on the phone or it's something they can do with no technology um, uh, at home or it's, you know, what are a couple things that could be, um, life preservers right now for one's spirit of fun, let's say. So as aside from, you know, calling 911, if you're having an emergency or various hotlines that are out there to mm -hmm. help people. So if we're not talking about the need to survive, we're talking about uh, a little bit of joy. Like what are a couple things you think people could do or, or might enjoy that you personally have enjoyed? So something that I definitely, I, I when we are not, in the middle of the pandemic, I am someone who really um, uses a lot of physical activity to help manage my anxiety, Ooh, um, tell just me more. to make me feel good. So for me, so I play roller derby, actually, what? in real life. Yes, That's I play cool. for Boston Girls Roller Derby. And Holy for me, shit. that is like a huge physical outlet because 
I mean, there's so many things about it. You get to be really aggressive. It's really hard exercise that exhausts you. It's also inherently social. Um, and then there are all these like really cool political undertones to it. It's very gender inclusive. It encourages women and non-binary folks to take up space in a way that, you know, we are so discouraged to in real life. So that alone is usually a huge relief. So I've been trying to find creative ways where I can move around in my apartment. And I have to say, just getting up, you know, if if you can, if getting up once an hour and just stretching or doing a couple of yoga poses, I've uh, turned to some YouTube yoga channels. There's this one, Yoga with Adrian. Holy fuck, There's... I love Adrian Mishler. Okay. Big yes. fan. Adrian with one N, A-D-R-I-E-N-E. I like, I'm like, I got to find this Texas chick's like PR person's email because I want to be like, Hey, Adrian Mishler, do you want to do my podcast? <laughs> Hell yeah. She's yes, dope. That She's would great. be fantastic. I'm a member. Yeah, and so that, ooh, oh, listen. I, I haven't gotten to that level yet. Oh, I'll have to. The find, <laughs> the find What Feels Good membership option. Why, yes, I am a paying member. and But she offers so much content for free. It's really wonderful. Okay, I need to get into this membership, but that has been, that's something that brings me joy is just getting, finding those times to move and stretch um, and have that kind of release for myself. Um, something else that's brought me joy is I really try to make it a point of separating my work from my personal life, which is very hard to do when we are all working. You know, if you have the privilege, I, I feel deeply privileged and so much gratitude to be able to work during this time. Mm -hmm. um, so I recognize that. Um, but also, I'm, you know, I've really been trying to make boundaries between doing work in one space in my apartment and so that the rest is like my place for my time. And yeah, even if it's a corner, you guys, it's it's it really helps. Like seriously, if you have to set up a box in a corner and put a, a computer on it and a phone and like a beanbag chair, I mean, I would love if everybody could have ergonomically designed shit, but really it, you could have a tiny studio that's and just go at the end of the day, go, mm -mm, okay, I'm done closing shop. I swear it helps. Exactly. Yeah. I put all my stuff away and then I try to like, I try to create that time at night with my wife where it's like our special time. So even if it's just making some tea and like watching something that we've been looking forward to watching together, like I'm still trying, or when we wake up on a Saturday and have coffee, like I'm still trying to imbue those moments with something special where like, it still is like, we'll text each other, like, honey, I'm looking forward to spending time with you, you know, just to try to imbue those moments with that kind of special sense that we had before. I also recognize that I'm really fortunate to live with someone else, um, which I feel like can help with the feelings of isolation. So, um, so yeah, so those have been two things. Then the third thing that I actually get a lot of joy out of is um, normally uh, at this time on a weekend, I would be out at like a handful of different restaurants and bars in my neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And rather, you know, of course, we can't go out to them. So um, we've just been trying to Venmo and put money right into their GoFundMe accounts that are going right to, you know, they set up their um, GoFundMes like for all of their wait staff and people who work there. Um, right. Because and, just because they're still open and business and available for say for order doesn't mean that, I mean, there's, there's so much support staff that they don't need now. And so some of those yeah. people got folded into becoming delivery people or becoming stock persons or whatever, but, and food preparation individuals, but a lot of them don't. Oh, hi, Polly. How are you? Just update, update everyone. My cat 
is on my beanbag chair. Things are wild over here. Try to live with somebody. <laughs> okay, so I have three cats, and it's just me and my wife and our three cats, and I swear, just don't be outnumbered. Like, I feel like you have a one-to-one ratio. We Things do. are generally under control. Three to two, I'm like, these cats are going to take over any day. So, but I digress. That'll, oh, we'll yeah, have sorry, to, I'll I have totally... to talk to you another time about cats, <laughs> because I will totally <laughs> go on a cat tangent cat right now. Episode. I totally um, interrupted you, though, but yeah. Yeah, so you're supporting the places you love. Oh, she's trying to come up here. You're supporting Ooh. the places you love by contributing to their gold. Whoa, oh, there we go. All right. Ah, <laughs> oh my God, this is the worst time I've ever picked her up. Oh my oh, gosh. Holly, this is what a What a moment. sweet little baby. She's like, Bitch. Oh my gosh, she's very cute. She is, and she's like, uh, I need to do her nails. And um, we're just, you know, why not leave it in? Again, hey, you thought that I was just some blow-dried supermodel. Uh, a perfect person recording into her iPhone and on Zoom. But guess what? Benikaz is real. <laughs> Indeed. To the people who've heard me like weep on the podcast are like, wow, Sarah's really letting her hair down now. Um, <laughs> but I love that you're helping, that you're supporting the people who've provided you a lot of joy and a lot of wonderful yeah. memories. And I feel like it's just such an easy way to directly put money into people's hands who might be struggling. We actually have quite a few restaurants around here that have totally shut down. Um, and it's also like for us, you know, it's already something that was built into our budget that we would have used anyways. So I just, I, I like that. Like, you know, I am happy to send all those people, all the money that I can send them. Um, and that I feel like is something that brings me joy. And it's just an easy way to also like buoy your community. Are you also feeling joy right now at the fact that my cat's tail is flicking back and forth in I front of the camera? I completely am enjoying this experience. She also batted me in the boob and to, to, to like, just like dunk on me. Like she was just like, I picked her up. Unusual experience for us. That was a first. She handled it well. But getting her nail, which I have to clip untangled from my, my top was annoying to her and then she punched me in the tit and ran away and <laughs> that's my Rude. roommate that's my roommate right now um well alex finally is there thank you so much for your time is is there a one or more way like a nonprofit or just ways that that you think people can help others who might be struggling financially at this time I honestly feel like uh, there are so many people who have been doing amazing um, efforts online of trying just to Venmo people. Mm -hmm. um, and Shout out to Roxanne Gay. Seen... She's done that. She's been awesome. Yeah. She's a past guest. And I've seen some Shea Serrano done it and Frederick T. Joseph do it. And a lot of cool people do it. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people are doing that. So I feel like um, actually in this really overwhelming moment, if you just have a few bucks to spare, you can totally go into those Twitter calls that people are doing there is such a need right now, and you can find people that way. There's also, there, I've seen various Google Docs circulating. Um, like there was a DC virtual chip, tip jar that was going around of just lists of people who have lost their jobs in restaurants, and you can just Venmo them directly. Um, you can also, literally all that I did was I looked up GoFundMe and the names of various restaurants in my neighborhoods that have closed awesome. to be able to find the staff. So I feel like if there are places that you really love and support, um, you know, and it's not it's not hard to find folks right now who are, you know, need a little extra cash uh, if you have it. So I feel like for me, that is one of the most easiest and accessible ways just 
give people the money if you're in a position to do so. And my brother, shout out to Steve, saw I saw today that a post he made on, on Reddit has gone sort of baby viral in Jersey, which is all about ordering pizzas for hospital employees, hospital workers, <gasps> janitorial staff, custodial staff, um, nurses, doctors, um, and support staff, because to, to help keep the pizza parlors alive and also <laughs> back home in Jersey and also to help feed people. And I was like, there, <laughs> the other day I was like, oh my God, these people may survive, and I hope that they do, uh, COVID-19 exposure, but uh, my brother is murdering them s- slowly with cheese and grease. <laughs> with pizza. Yeah, which is great. I mean, what a way to go. Uh, you can get salad with pizza, but it's usually kind of half-assed. Like, nobody's really like, oh, really, that plate of iceberg? I'm stoked about that. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Alex, thank you so much. This has been wonderful. And uh, oh, Thank you. I really look forward. I hope to have you back on again to chat more. I would love to chat more and also just to find time to talk about cats. I may have you on for a special cat episode because somebody the other day, um, well, a lot of people will make fun of me on the Twitters for talking about it, but cat Twitter is so intense that cat Twitter will just like ride for you. I was like, Jesus, like (laughs) people were like, I was like, wow, like two people very lightly roasted me and I made the mistake of quote tweeting them and lightly roasting them back. And cat Twitter was like, fuck you, man. She fucking adopted (laughs) a cat. And they like knew the whole backstory because I've talked about it a lot online. And I was like, oh, cat Twitter, no. Cat Twitter goes hard, okay? But you know what? If like the, the cat Twitter drama is the Twitter drama I need right now. Yeah, that's true. You know, like, that's that's about what I can handle. Oh, absolutely. Like, people being like, uh, no, you shouldn't use um, Hill's science diet. You should be cooking raw. (laughs) And somebody else going, no, you shouldn't be cooking raw. You should be purchasing raw. And I'm like, wow, we are all (laughs) so fortunate. Oh, yeah. We are the luckiest people alive right now because we have the time and space. For sure. We're on the the right, quote-unquote, side of the digital divide. And we're big enough assholes with enough time. I keep turning around because she's learning to climb everything and I have to clean my house. Mm-hmm. Um, we're big enough assholes with enough time to like actually get upset about this. But I have gotten such great advice. But I want to do like a very special episode that's just like cat talk. Please, please do. That's what that please episode, do. that episode's going to be called cat talk with Alex Berg. But this episode will be called something else. Okay, great. I'm signed me up. <laughs> Thanks, Alex. Thank you so much. And that was my interview with the wonderful Alex Berg. I hope you all take really good care of yourselves. You can support the podcast by going to matrushka.com slash code slash S-A-R-A for 20% off plus free shipping. You can also go to patreon.com slash Sarah Benincasa and join the Patreon there. And you can just tweet about us. You can post about us. You can say nice things about us. You can write a review. That's awesome. You can rate us. You can follow on Instagram at Well This Isn't Normal. And I'm at Sarah J. Benincasa on Twitter and on Instagram. Thank you so much for being here with us. Have a great, great day or night or, you know, whatever. What is time in Quarona, really? I'll talk to you soon.